Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the one and only Dr. Curtis Turchin. And I didn't ask him if I if that's the way to... I should have asked him, right? Like, anyway, this is my first time ever doing this. So um, I will have Dr. Turchin on here in just a minute. Hang tight and we'll be right back. All right, let me bring Curtis on. Dr. Turchin, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. And it is Turchin, right? Am I saying that right? Yep. I usually say it's like sea urchin with a T. (laughs) Got it. Got (laughs) it. Well, it's great to have you on here. I already received messages from one of your patients that um, was shocked that you're, you're on here. So that's awesome. So, so... Look, I started this show a little more than five years ago, and it was really to help people have a breakthrough in life, to get unstuck, if you would. Um, And I I love to hear how other people have gotten through the stuff in life, um, because we we all get a turn. So why don't you talk about, start with where you were born and raised? Well, I was born and raised in the Los Angeles area. Uh, the West side. And I'd have to say that it wasn't the easiest life in the beginning. My parents loved me, but I had a father who was an alcoholic and a mother who was very loving and intelligent. And one thing about life, I know that you're uh, a real believer in how you can achieve success. And I think that success boils down to it's some people think it's luck. My sister says you make your luck. And I think what that means to me is every life is composed of hundreds of thousands or millions of choices. And what happens is what choice you make in life. Right. I mean, Yogi Berra said, when you come to a why in the road, take it. But there's often two choices or three choices, and what you choose can make all the difference. Yeah. And I decided at that point that I'd be more like my mother than my father. (laughs) So obviously, I'm not an alcoholic. Right. And one way I proved that to myself was I stopped drinking any alcohol for 25 years. And I know you've dealt with some of those devils yourself. Yep. And it's very important to be able to feel like you're the mastery of your own life. Amen. And unless you have that self-confidence, you're not going to be successful. And one of my aunts, I said... I like smoking cigarettes, but I have to stop that. What do I do? (laughs) 
And she said, whenever you have that cigarette in your hand, ask yourself, what's stronger, me or the cigarette? Mm. And I think that's very instructive. So making every day a chance to look at what your choices are and making decisions is very, very important. And I think I a lot of people forget that they're given opportunities all the time. The question is, are you going to take them? So, uh, let me go back to, um, because I was raised in an alcoholic home as well. Um, I actually became an alcoholic. I'm, I have, by the grace of God and a lot of hard work, I have almost 21 years sober now. Um, but go back to when you were a, a, a child. I, I, I often, I, I think, this, this is just a theory I have, but I, I think that the things that happen in our lives as children oftentimes will kind of push us in the direction that we go as adults. And when I say that to most guests that, you know, normally there's a first thought like, Oh yeah, I had an event or a person or a series of events or whatever that kind of pushed me into the trajectory that my life took as an adult. What, what comes to mind for you with that? Well, that reminds me of what Yoda, he said, when you're alone, the darkness inside is where you're going to find the light. Mm. And when you're growing up, when you're evolving from a young child into an adult, yeah, what happens is unless you can go inside and find the truth, you're not going to ever be successful. And to mm -hmm. me, success, I have to say, I'm financially very well off. This new company that we have, the LZR Ultrabright, is just growing like wildfire, helping people with light therapy. And a lot of these things are almost inadvertent. They occur, they pop up, but you see something and you look at it and you see the light. And I think that's very important. But how can you find that light? Well, you can't find it unless you have some quiet inside so that you can see, so that you can see these choices. I've always said to my kids, the way to be successful is to have a passion or something at least you like but you also have to be good at it. And I know you're good at interviewing. Well, I've watched you. a number of your interviews and you oh, do have a you? great job. Thank you. No, you do. Thank and, you. and one thing you do, and you're doing it right now, is you actively listen. Yeah. And how do you know what's right or wrong for you unless you really listen and pay attention to what life offers you, right? Can I get an, the whole church stood up and said, amen to that. Yeah. yeah. So I can tell you enjoy this. I love it. And so I would say you like it 
or love it and you're good at it. But one thing the research also says, and this is very interesting, I think it supports what you're saying, is that even if you don't love it, if you're good at it and you like it and you keep doing it, the longer you do it, the better you get at it and the more successful you are and the more you love it. Yes, I totally agree. So those are all very important things. There's a very famous actor right there watching us, Brad Leland, good friend of mine. Um, Look, I I totally agree with you. What, what do you think? What, what was there anyone in your, in, in your life or any event in your life as a child that you feel like pushed you? I mean, you're, you're a, what's the, what's a a caregiver? Is that what, (laughs) is that? Is that an accurate assessment? I mean, you're a healer. You help people um, heal in life. Something, I would imagine, pushed you in that direction. Well, I think that you have to like or love what you do. Now, personally, I like people. Yeah. And I try to find the best in almost anybody who I'm with, there's very few people I don't like. Right. And how do you measure success? It's very difficult. I mean, was Mother Teresa successful because she was a billionaire? No, but she was successful. And personally, I like, one of my phrases is have fun, help people, and make money. And I like those. You know, listen, if you're living in poverty, you're not happy. That's right. But just because you're a billionaire doesn't mean you're happy. Amen. So I'm happy because I help a lot of people. And every day, whether I'm working with the light therapy business or I'm working in my private practice, I find that I feel great about the fact that everything I do helps people. Yeah. And I did get that from my mother. Here was a woman who grew up in the Depression, very poor. So one of the only jobs she could get was a secretary. Mm. So she learned, she taught herself stenography. And if you're my age, you know what stenography is. If you're younger, you may have to look that up. But it's basically a shorthand system for taking notes. She learned that, and then she got a job as a teacher teaching stenography. But then guess what came along? Typewriters. So she taught herself how to type, and she taught typewriting. And then every week... She would go to a class. She'd be gone for one night a week, and she'd be taking classes. She became a high school counselor, and eventually she became a high school vice principal. And I saw that that determination was very inspiring. But another thing was very inspiring, Ken, was she would go off every morning to her school and she, she, she just talked about the teachers and the students. 
But then one day she brought home the yearbook from her school and 95% of all the teachers and students were African-American. And she never said that to us. Oh, uh, wow. And when she would invite over the first time teachers, everybody was black except her. Wow. And she never said anything about that. But wow. that taught me something. Sure. Which is take care of everybody, be kind to everybody, and don't look at anything superficial when it comes to that person. Amen. Because everybody has a struggle. Everybody has a problem, right? Yep. Everyone. We all go through it. So, so talk about, so you were, um, you went and where, what part of California are you in? Well, right now I'm in the Sonoma wine country. My wife loves that part of the country. I'm not an alcoholic, but I must admit when you <laughs> live in an area that has great wine, there's great food and boy, do I love food. So it's a great <laughs> place to live. So, so you grew up, you went to high school, you graduate high school out there. Where, where did things go for you as a young adult? Did you immediately go into um, chiropractic or what, what, where did things go for you once you got out of high school? And no, there's, I, there's I, I, Carol Ann Wagner right there. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. I appreciate that. She's awesome. Yeah, Carol Carol's wonderful. She drives up from LA all the way to the North Bay. You know, she drives all day to see me. And I I you know, I have to say that's quite an honor wow. when uh when someone cares about you that much and cares about, you know, being helped. <clears throat> but you know, in terms of success, I don't <clears throat> I don't know why this happened, but I do I had an uncle who was a world famous podiatrist. And when he would come to visit, I was impressed by how successful he was. And so he became for many years, my, I had two uncles that were my favorite uncles. And even though I loved my father and he loved me, the fact that he was an alcoholic, that presented problems. But these two uncles were very successful and so with my uncle, Charlie, who was the podiatrist, we became close. And so he would actually, when he'd come to visit, I would fly with him mm. out for him to teach seminars to, you know, hundreds or thousands of podiatrists. Wow. And so he was a very inspirational figure. And I remember going to his office as a very young boy. And there would be 10 other podiatrists watching him work. And he would always put the patient's feet in a hot whirlpool. Then an assistant would come in and massage the patient's feet. And then he would come in, he'd work on their feet, and then he'd kiss their feet before he left. Wow. And one of the podiatrists who was watching him leaned over to me and said in my ear, I love your uncle and I'm going to do everything he does, but I can't kiss feet. <laughs> but 
But see, I got that from my uncle. He loved people. Yeah. He loved them enough to kiss their feet. Wow. And I think most of the people who are successful in life, they do love people. Yeah. Amen. Because you have to want to help people. Totally and agree. He, I know that you're a fan of Steve Jobs. And I Steve, I, you know, I was living in Silicon Valley for many years before I came up here to the wine country. And I remember I was in a health food store and I saw Steve Jobs. And he was standing in a corner. His wife was shopping. And he was staring at everybody. He was watching them. And I could tell, even though, you know, he has this reputation of being kind of hard to get along with. And that was true, you know. Right. But he wanted to he tried to understand what made people want to buy something and i worked with a number of apple employees and they said they would take these ideas to steve jobs and he would say that's a shitty idea come back again with something better right come back he was that's it and then finally after a year of being almost demoted or thinking they're going to be kicked out of Apple, they showed something to him and he said, that's it. Because yeah. he wanted something that was easy for people to use. Yeah. He cared about their experience in his own way. And you hear about people like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Yeah. They really feel like they're stewards of their investors' capital. For them, it's almost a religious experience. They're taking care of these people. Yep. And if you look at the people who are most successful, almost all of them have a way of relating to people that's very, very important because they care about those people. And that's always inspired me. And, you know, when I was, um, you, you were supposed to be 12 years old to get a paper route. Well, I got a paper route when I was 10 because my parents were poor. I wanted to have some money in my pocket. Right. Even though back then it was to buy Cokes and, you know, candy and things like that. Sure. But I remember that I was offered the chance to go to Disneyland if I got a lot of new subscriptions. So I'd knock on someone's door and I would say, I would like you to take a subscription to the Evening Star News. I didn't do very well. <laughs> right. But then I knocked on someone's door and I thought, maybe this is about them trying to help me. And I said, I would really, I've never been to Disneyland. I'd really love to go to Disneyland. And if you buy a subscription only for one month, I'll be able to go to Disneyland. And you know what happened? I started selling subscriptions. Yep. And that taught me that it was about that human connection 
Yep. It makes a difference. And I, I think that's true with almost everybody who's successful. Totally then, agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I use the, I, I use the hashtag on most of my posts on social media, hashtag help others. And I, because I, 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 tr I just know that when you, it's like Zig Ziglar famously said, you can have everything you want in life if you'll just ha help enough other people get what they want out of life. And, and, you know, you've, you've, so you've touched on several things. One thing I want to talk about is, you know, in my first book, I wrote one of the chapters is look inside. And, and there's an old Hindu story about, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but I, I wrote that old Hindu story out in that, that chapter about um, meditating and looking inside for answers. And, and, you know, for the longest time in my life, I was, um, you know, probably stopped by dogma that I believed was, you know, like Christians don't meditate. Are you crazy? And, and, but, but wait, Jesus did, <laughs> you know? So I, I love, I love the fact that you talk about that. How important is that in your life today? Meditation? Well, as someone said, my karma ran over my dogma. <laughs> I love that. You know, I do meditate but i meditate in a number of different ways and there was a spiritual teacher up here in sonoma county and she taught you don't have to sit to meditate right right everything you do should be a meditation and i think that's true i agree and when I walk, I try to meditate. When I swim, I try to meditate. When I go to the gym, I try to meditate. When everyone's grunting and groaning, I'm just focusing on my breath and what I'm doing. Now, I have studied some Vipassana meditation. Yeah. And one beautiful thing about Buddhism is that they believe, especially the Dalai Lama, that you can be a Christian and know something about Buddhism. You sure. can be a Muslim. You can be a Jew. It doesn't matter. Right. And it's very likely that Jesus meditated. I mean, how did he become that serene? Right. Without looking inside. Well, the Bible says that he did. <laughs> like, Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't know that that particular. Uh, I mean, yeah, it says he he meditated often, but you know, I I think that it's it's for me. I remember somebody saying to me almost twenty years ago, "You should meditate," and then I started reading Dr. Wayne Dyer's books, and and I love Joe Dispenza, and you know, all of the, the, the things. And there's my buddy Dennis from China. He lives in China. Um, so, you know, how important do you think that is to the person's, um, to a person's health, their well-being? 
not just success. Success, I think financial success is a byproduct of of helping other people. And, and it sounds like we're on that same same page. Um, but w- what about calming the for example, and you're a doctor, so I'll, I'll use a medical example. You smash your finger with a hammer. There's nothing in the world you can think about except for the excruciating pain that you're feeling in that moment. And it can carry on for a long time. So, so how, do you, how do you help people get into the present moment regardless of what's going on externally or even sometimes internally? Well, I think everyone has a block to sensing what's inside. For some people, it might be a medical problem. They might have been born with bipolar disorder. Mm. Other people may have a problem with walking. They were born, let's say, with you know, the predisposition to have Parkinson's disease or whatever. But I think that you can't be successful or happy unless you have a place that you can go. And the place to go is deep inside. And if that inside of your being is not calm, then you're going to live in chaos. Mm. And if you're living in chaos, you can't be happy. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I think one of the secrets of life is we get hundreds of thousands of choices. And can you actually make the right choice? But if your brain is confounded with demons that are constantly torturing you, it's like living with smashing your finger with a hammer all day long. <laughs> right. Every 10 you minutes. Think. Right. Right. So you have to have a quiet place inside so that you can see the world in a real way. Well, Brad asks a question on here. Is there what's the difference in meditating and just overthinking? That's actually a good question. Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah. Uh, although I have to say any question's a great question because you know, everybody's trying to solve the, their own problem. Amen. So overthinking means that you always have your mind ruminating. Mm. So how do you then choose what are the most important thoughts if you're constantly watching something? Now, there is a value to focus, but meditation is a focus. It's a focus on your inner being, your inner self, the inner workings of your body. In fact, the studies show that If a child is hyperactive, their mind will calm down Mm. if they're watching television. Why? 
because there's a focus. And one thing that's vital is to focus. Thinking is okay as long as it's focused thinking. But if you let yourself be distracted, then you can't think straight. Abe Lincoln once said, a man can't think when his feet hurt. And that's, that's the truth as well. It's like your concept of hitting your finger. Yeah. So there's different kinds of thought. And Dr. Kahneman wrote a book on thinking fast and slow. There's different kinds of thinking. Mm. There's big thinking, there's small thinking, there's analytic thinking. But almost everyone has learned that maybe if they're trying to read or write and there's loud noises in the room, they can't accomplish much. Yeah. So how do you accomplish something if your brain is being bombarded by extraneous thoughts. I happen to read a lot of news, but you know, everyone around me is saying, well, I can't read the news, I can't read the news. I love to read the news, but I read what I like. Right. I read right. what inspires me. Right. I read what makes me feel better. Right. And if you feel better and you have a focus, See, I have a focus on reading good news, things that inspire me and make me feel better. I read news probably a couple hours every day. And when I was a teenager, I read Zig Ziglar. And I know you mentioned him. Yeah. You know, you do have to read. You do have to learn. And everything around us is a great teacher. The question is, can you learn from those things. I think it was Vince Lombardi who said, there's no problem with falling down, it's who gets up that's yep. important. Yep, it's so true. Can you take your ordinary life, your spiritual religious life and learn from that? And I think that requires some type of internal quiet. You know, I'll be I'll be 55 in um, about a month or so, a month and a half. And um, <clears throat> let me know if you need my address for any birthday gifts you want to send me. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but no, I. So you know, one of the things that I'm 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 realizing is it, it, Joe Dispenza talks a, a lot about. Um, that we're, we're literally, uh, he says 90 or 95% of our 60,000 thoughts a day um, are the same thoughts we had yesterday. And, and that half of the thoughts that we're having or the stories we're telling ourselves are made up. They're lies or they're embellished. Um, and, and, and I know it's true, for me at least, it's true. And, and so we're literally... You know, people, we love the movie Groundhog Day, but like most people are living that like and they don't even realize that they're not aware of it. They're not consciously aware that they're just repeating the same thing over and over and over, making the same choices every single day. And then they want to complain about the outcomes in their their lives because they're not changing anything. They're not yeah. doing anything. 
So how is that part of your practice? Is that part of your your beingness is is helping people have a shift and and make better choices, change the trajectory of their life? Well, that reminds me of a great bumper sticker. Don't believe everything you think. <laughs> right. And right. one thing that helps me is doing what's called parallel thinking. You've probably heard that term. Yeah. And, you know, America is a great country. It is. But we have a problem here. We do. Is there's a great divide between people. Yes. You know, people on the right hate people on the left and people on the left hate people on the right. Yeah. And that's a big problem. And, you know, Denmark is one of the happiest countries in the world. They have a, you know, people there don't want to leave. And one thing they teach is parallel thinking in junior high school. So they'll ask a student, tell us what you believe. Mm. And then they ask them to write a term paper on the opposite of their belief. Wow. What does that do? It forces people, and this is one thing I do, to listen to other people's viewpoints, whether you agree with them or not. You know, I'll listen to Donald Trump. I'll listen to Joe Biden. I'll listen to anybody because I believe it's important to do that. Sure. Now, I've been blessed with something that some people consider to be a handicap as I'm an introvert. Mm. I think you're a little bit that way too, Ken. Very but perceptive the, of you. But the good thing about being an introvert is you tend, you can be stifled or you can be benefited from this, but you tend to be more comfortable listening and watching. Yeah. And virtually everybody who's successful, whether it's financially, spiritually, it doesn't matter. They pay attention. I so, agree. Yeah. So I'm blessed by being an introvert. And I didn't realize that because when I was a teenager, I stuttered. And I, and I, I can t t t talk like that sometimes because that's something that's natural for me. Mm. But the weird thing is that I said to myself, I want to learn how to do public speaking. And I was shocked that people thought I was a great public speaker <laughs> in spite of the right. fact that I was an introvert. And I was shocked by that. And one thing that helped me and this is that concept of self-knowing. <clears throat> so before this, I was thinking to myself, I'm a little bit nervous about this. Why? Because you never know. Your internet could go down. Almost anything could happen. You know, I could pass out. You know, we could have... <laughs> other kinds of problems a meteor could land on your where you're sitting literally right now 
That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, great. I never even thought of that. Oh my God. <laughs> One of my daughters said to me, and, and she's, I don't know if you know the Enneagram, but she's an Enneagram six, which is the fear type. And she said, one of my uh, students in, in, you know, in the school I'm in, they said to me, a meteor is going to hit the earth. <laughs> and so I wrote back to her, I texted back to her because, you know, I've, I've gotten into the new age and now I text. Yeah, right. And I said, does that person have a PhD in astrophysics? Right. <laughs> and right. she said, no. And I said, what do you, do you think you should believe that when someone read what somebody <laughs> else read, what somebody else read? So that gets back to this idea of if you're quiet inside, you have the ability to make choices. How much do you, and, and I, I, and Brad Leland, um, thank you for the engagement, by the way. And Woody Blagman's on here. Woody, it's so great to see you. Um, Brad, Brad's question is, and, and so I, I really want to answer that. Um, what, what makes those happy countries happy? I think you kind of touched on it. Um, talk about though, you know, you're, you keep saying choices and I agree with you. I agree. I would like to add something to that. And, and that being the choice to have different, you've chosen to have a different conversation about Joe Biden or, or Donald Trump or whoever you have a different internal dialogue than a lot of people do. So my, my question, if I can even form a question out of this is, when it comes to the choices, is it the choice in the conversation, the, the, the paradigm that you have of a situation or the world, or is it just a choice as, you know, should I put my left shoe on first or my right shoe on first? Does that even make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Let me answer his question first. When they interview people in Denmark and say, why are you happy? They say, I don't know. I'm just happy. I don't know. But if you look at the countries that are happy and Denmark, Costa Rica, Iceland, especially, when I have friends on the left who say we have to get rid of guns, I say the country with the most guns per capita is Iceland. And the last murder was 20 or 30 years ago. Oh, wow. So don't believe everything you think, right? Is that true? Yes, that is true. Oh, my God. But here's a critical component of that. And we were just talking about this is they make sure that all those people buying guns have registered guns and number two, they're well-trained. Right. And they have to spend two eight hour days with an officer who yeah. watches them and teaches them how to use a gun responsibly. So don't believe everything you think. Yes. Listen, I agree. Learn. But also another important 
part of those countries is that people actually care about each other. If everyone is taken care of, you don't have any violence. You don't have people trying to steal from other people because everyone's okay. And that's one thing that Jesus taught, Buddhists taught that. All the great teachers have taught that you have to take care of everybody, right? Yeah. Love one another, right? Yeah. And that's one thing that's happening in America, but it's, it's taking time. And we're having to learn that we're happier when everybody's happy. Brad says, and and I am I I have no idea because I've never been to those other countries. Says that the people who live in those countries are all the same race. That's um, not true. You look at Costa okay. Rica, where people are very happy. There's lots of Europeans. There's lots of Americans. There's Costa Ricans. There's Venezuelans. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily true. Sweden has a lot of immigrants, and those people tend to be very happy. I, I think that the, the the biggest problem we have in America, at least, um, I, I agree with you that we need to, to help one another. But Jesus also said to his disciples, um, he, he said, listen, um, as you go out and you teach people the, the better way to live, um, you'll come to villages where they won't listen to you and try and try, but eventually you're going to have to leave that village and shake the dust from your feet as you leave, meaning let it go. And, and I, I think in, in, in this country, the problem we have is people, people don't read or watch the news from the place you do. I don't watch the news. I don't, I read a lot of news on Twitter or whatever, but I don't watch the news because the media has one job and that is to create fear and division. If they can create fear and division, they can sell more ads and they can make more money and, and get this, this false sense of power that they all think they have. So I think the problem is that, that there's too much, too much division being created. I, I don't believe in the left or the right. Personally, I believe in the middle and, and being fair on both sides. It, it, so you bring up some really, really good points. I think that there's too much division and people are buying it. They're, they're believing it and then they're thinking it. I, I would agree with that. And there was a journalist who said, Lie to the people who want to be lied to, and you'll get rich. Tell the truth to people who want to tell the truth, and you'll make a decent living. Right. Tell the truth to people who want to be lied to, and you're going to go broke. And wow. that principle is that if people want to be lied to, because look, you know, people want to believe what they see. Why? Because if you go back seven and a half million years from the beginning of time, of human time, or yeah. homo sapien time, or upright being time, right. 
we learned from imitation. So that, that happens even with chimpanzees and apes. They learn by imitating what the other apes do. So that, that is a basic part of learning. But I'm like you, Ken. I don't watch the television news. Right. I go online and I read what I want to read. Right. And I read about things that help me understand the world and inspire me. I love that. So I think the big picture is that going back to your idea, your question about meditation, if you're quiet inside, you can then look at some things and say, that doesn't make sense to me because I'm going to look at both sides. And you have to be calm enough inside to look at both sides. And more and more, and this has been shown in the studies, that even though there's a divide among Americans, it's not like it used to be. You don't see people being hung because of the, you know, because of the color of their skin. Right. You see women in the workplace. So the problem is that life proceeds extremely slowly and it ebbs and flows. Yeah. It's a zigzag. And that's how life has always changed. And if you look at studies of human evolution, you see different kinds of people throughout the last seven and a half million years who've died out. And what I think is going to happen is the people who are hating are going to die out. Yeah. Because every day they're killing themselves. Have you ever and, have you ever watched the movie What the Bleep Do We Know? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> you you would dig this movie. It's it's Joe Dispenza's in it and a lot of other brilliant brilliant people. It's a documentary style film. It's so good. Um but it's literally about there's this you've heard of the um what's his name is it uh Dr. Ishimoto and the water project oh, yeah. yeah where where they take the the dirty water from a lake to these buddhist monks and 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 have them meditate and pray over it for a day and the next day they put it under a microscope and it's crystal clear because they sat and senate love and all this mm -hmm. and then they take water and they they're screaming hate at it and all of this stuff not the buddhists they don't do that <laughs> but, but another hateful group of people probably but the, and it turns dirty and yucky and and nasty and and i think that people don't i talk about this a lot you know i'll see in my 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 children my two daughters they'll say something and i'm like stop watching that stop listening to that stop speaking that into existence because you know change your thinking change your talk you'll change your life and the world as a result do you agree with that oh absolutely you know i know you believe this is true but there's no question that it's important what you tell yourself 
What is your self-talk? What do you teach yourself every day? And if you teach yourself that you can become successful, that you can have lots of friends, that you can help people and you can influence them, you probably will. Let's see, what's that Sam Sneed said? American Life is Time. How to put the world. Yeah, they, they, they were never taught to put the world on pause. Yeah. And only when your mind and your body is quiet can you make a rational decision. Yeah, totally. So agree. you and me were both blessed with a problem that we turned into a strength, which was being an introvert. Yeah. But the problem with a lot of introverts is because they haven't worked on themselves like you have and I have, they always have these fears coming up. So if water reacts with love and hate, now consider your body starting to say, yeah, yeah. So the more you care about people, the more you help people, the more you have love in your life. I've been married for 45 years. Wow. You know, um, we love each other. Love changes, as you know. If you're married for a long time, love changes. Yeah. But having good friends, having love in your life. I love my, my daughters are 36 and 37. I love them. They love me. When you have that in your life, you're happy. If you're happy, you radiate that. Why do you think people started following Jesus? Right? Amen. Because he radiated that. Yep. Totally agree. So, but do you agree though, that you to have, and, and I think this is where, you know, <laughs> I have a tendency of watching some, some just crazy videos on, on, on YouTube or whatever, the, the more intense side of life probably, but you know, you see a lot of the younger generation and, and older generation. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pigeonhole this, um, that that complain about not not being able to find the right man or not being able to find the right woman and they keep having these terrible relationships and i'm thinking you know if you want something more out of life then i think it's important that you first give what you want out of life like love for example yeah well look 50% of marriages fail. Right. 60% of second marriages fail. And 70% of third marriages fail. Right. So leaving is not necessarily the answer. Now, I'd say if you're in an abusive relationship, yeah. Right. But otherwise, you, you you develop love by giving love. Yeah. And that's what creates a healthy, long-lasting relationship. It isn't going from woman to woman or man to man. You know, my men friends who've left their wives 
and are single into their 70s, they're not happy. Right, right. There's nothing like, you know, family because Ken, who knows you better than your family? Nobody. And when those people know you and love you, and if you think about your childhood, any love you had when you were a child will give you the strength to become a better adult. Yeah, I agree. So love is important. I agree. And so, as you just said, giving love is as important or more important than getting love. The the book um, that, that um, M. Scott Peck wrote, The Road Less Traveled, um, he talks about love. He has a whole chapter on love in that book, and it's phenomenal, actually. But he says, and I agree with this, I'm, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say you probably would agree with this, um, that love in the beginning stages of a relationship, it's not actually love. It's sexual attraction in, in, in most cases. Um, and then love becomes a choice. It becomes, the, we, may, we have to make a conscious choice to love that other person with all their flaws and everything. Right. And, and that's what you're saying is, is we need more love in the world to be able to see other people through the eyes of, Hey, you know, they have flaws. They have, they make mistakes. They, they do right. They do wrong, but it's okay to love them anyway. Well, it sounds like you're a good Christian. <laughs> Well, I'm a good, um, I, 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 you know, my, my attempt in life is just to be a good person, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a friend who's now passed away and um, we'd go out and have lunch and he was what I'd call a good Christian. And he'd go to Bible study every week, but he would say to me, why is it so many people in my church hate other people? Wow. You know, whether it's Jesus or Buddha or any one of the great teachers or even some of the business masters, it doesn't matter. Right. They don't teach hate. No, they do not. Because that is a dead end. It is. Totally agree. So it's about love, but it's also about caring about all the people in your family, in your community, in your state in your country. It's about being quiet inside so you can understand those people. And I don't, we have, what an unbelievable conversation. We've been on here for 55 minutes. Can you believe that? That's insane. <laughs> we haven't even talked about the light therapy stuff that you do. Talk about that. Talk about the, <clears throat> excuse me, the patients that come and see you with the variety, I'm sure of um, of things going wrong physically in their lives. And what is the light therapy that you do? Talk about what that's all what what that's all about. Well, the first thing to think about is that light is a healer, right? Where did life start? 
it right. didn't start in the Antarctic. It started in an area right. that was now Africa, where it was warm, it was cool, there was water. And if you put a black shroud over a plant, it's going to die. It takes light to wake yes. that plant up to have photosynthesis. Right. And I not only I, I was actually hired by the first company to get a laser cleared or approved in the United States. And so I was their director of clinical sciences. I took a sabbatical from my practice. Wow. And that was in the that was in the late 70s, early 80s. So I've been using light therapy for a long time. Wow. And I do use light therapy in my practice, but uh, my boss and colleague, Randy Rinkley, we started a company. I'm, I work for him. I'm an independent contractor. I'm the director of science and compliance. But what we've done is we realize there's a problem in our healthcare system. Even if you have a doctor, it's hard to get into the doctor. Yeah. It's hard to get your surgery booked. It's hard to get the help you need. So we've developed a light therapy product and it's doing very well. I think this month we sold about 800 of them. Wow. So we're growing phenomenally, we're growing rapidly, but we're trying to give everybody a tool so they can help themselves. So when they can't get into the emergency room or the urgent care, they have something to help themselves or help their pet get well. Yeah. Because the research shows the light and laser therapy can help virtually every ailment. Really? It heals virtually every tissue. Now I'm going to tell you, that doesn't mean you don't need a medical doctor. You don't need to get a drug when you have an infection, you need antibiotics. But studies show if you put that light device on the area where you have an infection, those antibiotics will be more effective. Wow. So light therapy works by itself, but it also works in conjunction with chiropractic, with physical therapy, with allopathic medical care, with homeopathy, because it wakes the cells up. Some of the most recent research showed that with this new stem cell movement. Yeah that if you put light on stem cells for a few seconds, it wakes those cells up and it's more effective. Mm -hmm. If you put light or laser on the skin before you put in the light, now that area has happier, healthier cells. The answer to Jill Wall's question is it's, the answer is it's red light and infrared light. That's my wife, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's red light and infrared light. The problem is that red light is very bright. Infrared light is kind of dull, but you need both of them to help and heal tissue. 
so you're yeah. saying that this the light therapy will help just about anything well there's i'm gonna now name drop there's a college called harvard <laughs> yeah i hold it i think i've heard of it you've heard of that i think yeah. so yeah yeah it's not like last chance community college <laughs> So their research shows their research shows that light can stimulate every tissue in the body. Wow. It helps the brain. It helps the spinal cord. It helps cartilage. It helps bone. It helps tissue. Wow. I mean, they're using it in beauty spas to get rid of wrinkles. Yeah. Because light is something that stimulates the cells to wake up and get on with their job. Because since the beginning of time, light has been a stimulator of life. And that means life for all kinds of cells. So we've gone from developing light therapy products only for professionals to light therapy products for everyone to help themselves. It's obviously working for you. You look great for 97. <laughs> well, I have to say I'm almost 75 and I still work 50, 60 hours a week. I still feel great when I go to the doctor. Cause I do see a medical doctor. They say, what drugs are you on? I said, none. They say, no, I mean, any drugs. I say none. They go, right. wow. You know, cause the average person, 65 or older is on six to eight medications. Unbelievable. There's more news you don't need to be listening to. Yeah. <laughs> to that. The, uh, I, I see some of these, I because, you know, during a sporting event, if you're watching any sporting events, they are just pummeled with, with these ads from drug companies. And it's like, have you listened to the side effects? Like some... Like some of the side effects they say, including death. I'm like, why, why would you take something that could microwave the process of dying? I don't get that. But um, well, well, there's a, there's a well-respected physician who's a professor at uh, University of Arizona School of Medicine. And what she says <clears throat> is drugs don't have side effects. They are the effects of the drug. Right. So instead of saying this drug is for psoriasis, but it can cause all the kind of problems. <laughs> they should say the drug can help psoriasis, but it can also damage your heart or your lungs or your liver. And those are the effects of those drugs yeah and when i see patients who are having problems one of the things i do because i'll look on my ipad or my computer and i'll say what drugs are you on and i'll say have you asked your doctor about the possibility that this drug could be causing your problem and they'll go back to the doctor and they say, well, yeah, it's possible. Let's change your drug. They change the drug and guess what happens, Ken? They get the problem goes away. Yeah. Because there aren't any side effects to drugs. The side effects are 
the effects along with the benefits. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, it really woke me up when I heard her say that. Yeah. Because it wow. made me realize, hey, you know, everything has both sides. There's a good and bad side. And you don't want to hide the bad side. Right. Yeah, Sam, Samuel says, thank God I grew up in the 80s and got hammered not to use drugs. <laughs> right. Yeah. I grew up in the 80s, too. Um, so, so if, if somebody wanted to, um, and I've got your website, drlight.org scrolling across the bottom. If someone would type that in with the WWW for me. Um, so it's clickable from the comments. If you don't put the WWW, it's not clickable from the comments. Um, but if somebody wanted to, um, you know, get what are these devices? You said you've sold how many? 800 of them or something? That's just this month. Oh my gosh. Okay. So is that what is that where they get it? Is that drlight.org? Well, so an important thing about um, healthcare is <clears throat> let's let's use a medical doctor as an example. Yeah, it's not giving someone a drug that's going to help them. It's saying you have an infection. And this drug we think is for that infection. We're not really sure. Because a lot of, you know, one of my friends is a medical doctor who teaches at Stanford Medical School. And he agrees with this. A lot of the problems is that Medical doctors don't know how to say, I don't know. You know, there's a joke. What's the difference? This was told me by a medical doctor. <laughs> What's the difference between God and a doctor? God doesn't think he's a medical doctor. <laughs> so oh, that's awesome. when, they, when they give the patient a drug, they should say, this drug might or might not work for your infection. If after a couple of days it's not helping you, please call us. Or if you have any of these side effects, please let us know. Because sometimes patients keep taking the drug while the side effects are getting worse and they could be on a better medication or they could be on an herb or they could be on homeopathy. I was, I was, um, what is this 23? So two little over two years ago, I was in the hospital with double pneumonia. Um, I had the, 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 the virus that was popular back then. Um, and they, they wanted to give me some serious drugs. And, um, and I said, no. And this young Indian doctor says, well, why are you here? I said, oxygen. <laughs> I can't, I can't like get it at my house without coming here. So I need oxygen. And, um, he got really angry with me cause I wouldn't let him give me the, the jab or let him give me remdesivir. And I said, I said, dude, I've done my research. Remdesivir killed a lot of people and I'm not using it. Like, no, you're not using it on me. And he kept getting more and more and more angry with me. And I'm like, it's called a medical practice that you have. You are not 100% sure about any of this. 
and neither am I. So we're not going down that route. I know that if I get enough fluids and oxygen, I'll probably heal. So if you're not on board with me and he's like, you need this, that, that, and I checked myself out of that hospital. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm out of here then, dude. I'm not doing your deal. Like you're, it's a practice. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I tell my patients, listen, it, at some point in your life, you're going to need a good doctor. Yes. And I have a great family practice doc. <clears throat> And he knows me well enough by now that when I say, these are the tests I think that you should do, he just gives them to me because he wow. knows me and he trusts me. Right. And I know him and trust him. Right. And, you know, at one, at one point, you know, I, I'll tell you, I did get the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. But he said to me, we, I, you know, you really should get the flu vaccine. So I said to him, have you had the flu vaccine? He said, yes. I said, aren't you required by the corporation that hired you to have the flu vaccine? He smiled and said, yes. I said, listen, doc, when I know that the COVID vaccine is 80 to 90% effective, and the flu vaccine is 46%. And I can't think of the last time I had the flu. Do you think I really needed to have the flu vaccine? Right. He smiled and said no. Right. right. But those are the good doctors because they listen. Yep. And a, a study was done by medical doctors. They, don't, they probably haven't read this because a lot of them don't listen. But the study done by medical doctors said, if you ask a patient, tell me everything about your health condition, they will talk for one and a half minutes. Yeah. But that doctor probably wasn't listening to you. No. I, I you know, I, I just think that, that, you know, we as a human race, regardless of of religious belief, re, uh, the the color of your skin, regardless of what country you live in, that you know we need to stop relying on everybody else to think for us and do our research for us, and we need to learn critical thinking and and learn to research. I mean, my gosh, we have the internet, we have AI, <laughs> like we have. I, I honestly, there's never been a greater time in the history of the world to be alive than now, I believe. And people are still allowing the outside sources and media and all this stuff to think for them. And, and I just can't relate to that. Yeah, that reminds me of something I tell my patients all the time. These are the good old days. Yes. Because you have access to antibiotics, but you also have access to chat GPT. Yeah. You also have access to naturopaths and homeopaths and herbalists. Yeah. So you have access to so much information that we didn't have 50 years ago. We didn't. So it's really important to know that 
if you're well-educated and you think and you research and you develop critical thinking skills, these are the good old days. Amen. But if you believe everything you see on the television, these are not good times. Amen. I agree. Dr. Curtis Turchin, you are a brilliant, brilliant man. Thank you so much for coming on today. We've been at it for an hour and 12 minutes, and I feel like we just got started. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. I really, I really mean that. Thank you for coming on and sharing your brilliance and your, your wisdom and your heart and love with everybody. So um, where can everybody follow you? What's the best social media platform or is there one? Well, probably drlight.org is good. <clears throat> okay. Um, the product that I helped develop was called the Ultra Bright, and it's LZR, almost like laser, the LZR Ultra Bright. Okay. And, you know, I don't mind sending you my email. Okay. And you could post that. Perfect. So if people have questions, they can email me. I'm not going to charge them for it. But I think that, edu you know, one of my sayings is education is better than medication. So the more yeah. you know, I think the healthier you're going to be. And yep. so maybe together we can help stimulate that process. And thank you for calling me brilliant. I'd say I'm well-educated, maybe a little above average. But I think you have a tendency to bring out the best in people. And I appreciate you and what you're doing for all your followers. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. If you'll hang on for me, um, I'm going to end the live stream and, and, and I'd like to chat with you for just a minute. Um, look, Carol Ann Wagner, just put your email in there. So there it is. <laughs> there it is. So thank you, Carol. I appreciate that. Um, and Samuel's quoting you. I, I totally agree with, with that. So, um, thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who's watched. And if you have not shared this out with your, your, uh, social media platforms yet, you all have a chance right now to redeem yourselves and, and, um, go ahead and share this, this out because it's packed with a lot of valuable information. So Dr. Curtis Turchin, thank you so much for being here. And we will see you all later. Make sure you go over to drlight.org and check out what he's got going on. Email him at curtisturchin at gmail.com with any questions, and um, he will help you out. Curtis, thank you so much. Thanks, Ken. It's been fun. I hope you had fun, too. I had a blast. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll see Good. you all later.